Hello, and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will guide you through a movie. Each and every month there's a theme. So from now until the end of July, I'm doing the Summer of Spidey. My look at all the live-action Spider-Man movies. So tonight I'm looking at Sam Raimi's Spider-Man from 2002. The movie that fully brought back Marvel from the brink of bankruptcy. Now, okay, fair enough, X-Men and Blade did play a part in that, but this kicked off big time. Brought to us by Schlock, horror director Sam Raimi, who also was a huge comic fan and a huge fan of Spider-Man. He also introduced World to the Darkman franchise, and oh my god, I must do the movies really soon. Hmm. This movie, however, was in development hell since the early 90s, going from canon to Corman to Cameron and finally landing on Rami's lap. We also have an all-star cast and a huge budget. So as you spin a web and catch a franchise, here it is, Spider-Man 2002. With its $132 million budget, this thing pulled in $825 million. Starring Tobey Maguire, Willem Dafoe, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Rosemary Harris, Cliff Robertson and J.K. Simmons, directed by Sam Raimi. The plot, a high school geek is bitten by a genetically altered spider and gets superhuman abilities, such as web crawling and super strength, also a spidey sense. Meanwhile, across town, a billionaire, FIFA of losing his company, takes super soldier gas to become the Green Goblin and he goes completely insane. Can Spider-Man stop the Green Goblin? Reign of Terror on New York, find out here. So after the studio logos and the flip page Margolovo, gotta miss that one, up pops the titles. Three full minutes later and we hear a voiceover from Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, played by Tobey Maguire, telling us about his woefully shit life. How he's the school nerd and gets bullied time and time again mercilessly by almost everyone and he is hated for some unknown reason. Then we're introduced to MJ, played by Kristen Dunst, the love of his life. Well, and these movies anyway. Hmm. Too bad she has her own bubble butt boyfriend in the form of Peter's chief bully, Flash Thompson, played by Joe Mantelago. What's his name? Hmm. Barry, and none of these actors look like they're teenagers, unless of course you're going by the 90210 <clears throat> teen rule, because they look about fucking 25 plus. Also, just what in the hell did Peter do? Why is everybody hating on him? I mean, he's a geek, yes. He's a nerd, yes. But does that really deserve all this merciless bullying? Even the fucking bus driver hates him. Anyway, MJ screams at the bus driver to stop as Peter's been chasing the school bus for two full blocks. Again, why does everybody hate Peter so much? Hmm. Anyway, cut to a school trip to, I think it's Columbia University, where they see research on spiders. And here, Peter gets his spider powers. Also, he meets his best friend, rich boy, Harry Osborne, played by James Franco, and his dad, Norman Osborne, played by Willem Dafoe. Five minutes in, and we meet the main players. Not bad, script, not bad. Harry hates his dad because he's stinking rich. So, not standing for any of his shit, Norman introduces himself to Peter and his douche bro 
son has his nose put out of joint because Peter is intelligent and a geek and his father thinks Harry is a nothing but a fucking whiny little loser. But oh my god, it must have been so hard growing up with a silver spoon shoved in your mouth, but never mind. Let's just glaze over how Peter gets his powers, something about genetically altered spiders from 32 of the world's spiders put into this one spider and it becomes a super spider, even though it's red and blue, but there we have that one. And you're trying to say to me, like, this entire research facility, nobody notices one of their multi-million dollar research spiders have it missing, or drop beats an eye, I mean, moving on very quickly. Peter is taking MJ's pictures for this school paper, and here he is bitten. Meanwhile, across town, at Oscorp, Norman Osborne is showing the generals of the army his new glider and super suit. But they are not interested, all they want to know about is the super soldiered gas. Think Captain America, but in gas form, not injections. Norman said it is ready, but the other doctors say it's dangerous. It can turn people literally insane. The army then shuts down his project. So, cut to Aunt May, played by Rosemary Harris, and Uncle Ben, played by Cliff Roberts. I wasn't even. He has been forced into retirement, so he's trying to get a new job, but he's in his 60s, and they are well and truly fucked, as it's all about computers, and he is an electrician, and has a cloud and use a computer. Why can't Aunt May get a job, or indeed Peter? He's 17, if not 18, for fuck's sake, get a job, you little fuck. Peter then comes home and feels completely unwell, so falls asleep. And cue the Steve Rogers to Captain America glow up, as Peter goes from skinny to buff. And BOOM! A whole generation of Gen Y gays are born, much as the same vein as Gen Z gays were born with Chris Evans. Actually, he may have had Gen Z also, I'm mean, not sure about that one, so, hmm, it's the Human Torch stuff, so, hmm. Before we see the new buff Peter, uh, by the way, how the fuck did he explain he goes from skinny to buff? Hmm. We see uh, the bane of every single early noughties movie, CGI gene therapy, or genes. They were everywhere from X-Men to, I think, Daredevil even had bloody CGI genes to an Incredible Hulk to this, so the CGI stuff was fucking everywhere. Anyway, back to Norman. It's now night time. That's a terrible thing, John. He's not standing for the army shutting down his um, systems, so he takes the Captain America style super soldier serum, except it's in gaseous form. And BOOM! He is super strong, super smart, and super agile, but he is criminally insane, as he's calling himself the Green Goblin. Just like that, the lab explodes, and he kills his lab partner. Not bad, Sam Raimi. 70 minutes in, and we met the players, we met the hero and uh, villain origin story, and how they got their powers. Hollywood, take fucking note. Next morning, Peter awakes to find he doesn't need glasses anymore, and he is now buff. And here... Uh, we find MJ is one generation away from poor why trash. As her stepdad, I think it is, chases her out of the uh, the house to go to school and she's complaining about the dishes in the sink and the trash and blah 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 and they're all having a screaming match. So that's why she wants the bad boys then. Peter, which I'm just noticing this, is a bit of a perv stalker to MJ. As he's watching her get dressed in the mornings and as such, and they're about 10 feet apart, and she doesn't know he exists, but he's all over her, so it's kind of creepy. It is late for the bus yet again, as he's in a fantasy world trying to build up the confidence to ask MJ out on a date. 
Ah, she doesn't even know he fucking exists. I mean, that's how vain this bitch is. She's in her own little bubble world. And here, Peter finds out he has sticky hands. Not all teenage boys, hmm. As the sign on the side of the bus sticks to his hands, as he has now spider abilities. Meanwhile, back with Norman, Harry finds him passed out on his office floor. At his home office, that is. Way across town. How the fuck did that happen? Who cares? Norman has no memory of what the hell happened. So I'm guessing it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing then. Hmm. A PR assistant runs in to tell Norman his lab partner is dead, the lab is destroyed, and the glider and soldier suit is missing. Meanwhile, back with Peter, it's feeding time! So the bullies try to pick on him yet again, and Peter finds his newfound powers to stop them, such as organic webbing from his wrist, super strength, agility, and his new spider sense, because I'm handy dandy. I gotta say here, I love Peter's organic spider webbing. I think it's much more better than the mech shooters or mechanical shooters because they are just fucking dumb. And there's a problem with Tom Holland in the future as Tony Stark is dead and Doctor Strange's magic has fucked him up. So how can he get more webbing? Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Think about that one, Marvel. Anyway, back to this. I love how Flash gets one lunch tray accidentally spilled over him and he's out for Peter's blood. Because Peter can't control his spider webbing yet. So he instantly turns to violence. Pretty much tells you everything about fucking Flash then. Small dick energy. Also, I love how Peter puts this dumb jock in his place with one punch and he knocks him clean across the hallway. Also, I've got to love here that Joe is 26 here, playing 17 no chance in the pits, the very bowels of hell is this guy 17. And what's because you're going for the 90210 logic. Hmm. Yeah, that's a bit of a fucking stretch. Anyway, with that, Peter runs off to crop a wall and then take a spin on his web as he fires it out of his wrist at will. Now, I've got to see here, if this Spider-Man leaping CGI looks like shit. It looks like a bloody PlayStation 2 cutscene. It is shocking. Anyway, also you try to say to me, no one hears or screams his, or rather, hears or sees his screams of joy slash panic as he slams into a billboard clean across a street. I gotta love New York, I mean, don't even beat a fucking eye, so. Hmm. So later that night, he returns home to find a passive-aggressive note from Uncle Ben, something about he'd missed a painting session, who gives a fuck, frankly. As Peter puts up the trash, he hears more yelling from NJ's dad as she runs off to Flash for some heavy petting. And boom! Peter gets in his head, a Flash car equals girls. Peter, mate, she is not worth it. Try going. She's poor white trash. But I'm guessing lust is lust. She's been his neighbour for, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. And she doesn't even know he exists. He doesn't even know he has blue eyes. He doesn't even know he's smart and caring. He doesn't even, she doesn't even know, rather, that he is tall. Fuck her and her bubble world of fashion, bad boys and plastic girls. Peter, mate, move the fuck on. She is not worth the fucking hassle. 
she tells him her big dreams of becoming an actor. Uh, yeah, bullshit. She's just been yelled at for about, what, 45 minutes of her dad. She's about to sit and chit-chat with a neighbour she barely knows. I don't think so. She had the bitch guard up and she'd be fucking storming off in a pissy little mood. Peter then tells her his dream is to become a photographer for the local paper. Uh, as I said here, Peter gets in his head that car equals chicks. So he checks the paper to find used car ads. And he sees one for two grand. Plus an advert for wrestling paying three grand. So, down to the basement he goes to a montage of him drawing the Spider-Man outfits. And, boom! Human Spider is born! Meanwhile, Robin notices in the paper his business is going up in smoke. He hears the goblin laughing at him, but he ignores it. Peter then tries to, uh, the next day that is, Peter then tries to run off to wrestling, but Uncle Ben drives him, and Q, with great power, comes great responsibility speech. Now inside the wrestling arena, we meet the wrestler Peter has to take on, Bonesaw, played by the late, great macho man Randy Savage. Also spot Bruce Campbell as the announcer. Uh, he is the one that names Peter Spider-Man. It's a cage match. Okay then. Spider-Man versus Bonesaw. And note, all the Bonesaw Bonettes were WoW wrestlers. Something I didn't know until I've done some research on this one. Hmm. Anyway, Peter is woefully overmatched in this cage. So he uses his agility and outsmarts Bonesaw. Even though Spider-Man is supposed to be 10 times stronger than a normal man. Moving the fuck on. 30 seconds, a few kicks later, and a monkey flip, Peter wins. Only to be stiffed by the promoter. Wait, a shady wrestling promoter? Surely not, my lord. He hands him a hundred dollar bill to to fuck off. Peter goes, with my three grand, you conning cunt? I gotta say, I'd love Peter's wrestling top here. I would love to get my hands on this wrestling top. It's so cool. Anyway, Peter just stands there, letting the rest of the promoter get robbed by some random hood. Unfortunately, he kills Uncle Ben seconds later to steal the guy's car. Ah, now Peter out for blood. He quickly finds the guy and throws him into a building window. Oh no, no he doesn't. The guy falls out of the window himself. Because you can't have Spidey being a cold-blooded killer, can we? Even though he kills all his victims. But moving on swiftly. And sweet mother of bejesus, if I thought Peter Parker jumping from rooftop to rooftop, CJ like shit, this Spider-Man outfit wrestling Spider-Man wrestling Spider-Man out or whatever. CJ looks like shit, my god, this model doesn't look finished. It looks like a PlayStation 2 graphics, only worse. The web slinging and this looks like shit also. Jesus Christ, what is a budget in the CGI? Ten pence? Anyway, later at night, Oscorp's competition shows off their Iron Man, Iron Man rather, kinda suit. If you squint, well drunk, in candlelit room from 10 feet away. And here Green Goblin flies in on his glider and blows him the fuck up and just flies off laughing. Months pass as Peter graduates high school, quickly moving to New York City with Harry as MJ dumps Flash. Norman then offers Peter a job, but Peter rejects him, saying he wants to do it on his own merits. Which Harry, uh, which um, Robin likes, but Harry's like, oh my god, no. So, that night, after a tearful prep talk from Aunt May, Peter decides to become Spider-Man full-time, because that comes out of fucking nowhere. 
as Spider-Man becomes the voice of the of the auto people, he is fighting for New York. His face, again, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Cut to Peter in his new skin-tight spider outfit. And where the fuck did he to buy this thing thing from? Who cares? Moving the fuck right on. As he stops armed robbery, hand over fist. And boom! New York instantly loves Spider-Man and he's splashed all over the papers and all over the press. Cue montage of Spidey stopping crimes, webbing up criminals and New Yorkers loving him. All but J. Jonah Jameson. Played by J.K. Simmons. He hates him for reasons. So he uses the full power of the Dill Bugle to put hit pieces out on Spider-Man, calling him a menace to society. Okay then. And in this montage, Spot Lucy Lawless as a punk. Also spot Ted Ramey as J.J.'s assistant editor. Also Bill Nunn as Robbie Robertson's J.J.'s assistant. Months later, Peter bumps into MJ. She's not an actress, but she's a waiter. She finds life in the real world is hard. New York just sees her as another face in the crowd. She is a nobody, not a plastic, fabulous person in high school that she thinks she was. Oh, the real world sucks love, doesn't it? She, of course, bullshits Peter until the cafe owner screams at her for being six bucks short in the till and threatens to fire her on the spot. She then drops a bombshell that she hooked up with Harry. She's a gold digger. Also, as a dick move, Harry, you fucking cunt. By the way, why is she wearing heels if she's a waitress? Shouldn't she be wearing flats? I mean, really, love. Meanwhile, across town, Peter goes to visit Harry in his penthouse apartment. Wait, I thought they were loving each other. Why is he not staying at that apartment? He's with Aunt May. Moving on swiftly. Peter drops that Dr. Connors fired his ass for being late multiple times, which is supported for later movies. Norman then comes out of nowhere and offers Peter another job, but Peter turns it down yet again, saying he is now the Daily Bugle's freelance photographer of Spider-Man picks exclusively. JD, of course, being a complete utter dickhead, tries to lowball Peter, telling him his picks are utter shite to go elsewhere. Okay then, try the New York Post or any other newspaper in the bloody... in New York. Fuck the Daily Bugle. Hell, try fucking the Daily Planet. I mean, mm. So days later, the board sells Oscott from under Norman. This does not sit well with the Green Goblin as he kills them all. Cut to a Batman 89 style balloon parade at a World Fair and here Goblin kills the board. Spider-Man tries to stop him but he has to save MJ as Goblin gets away. This glider attack looks like dog shit. Like PlayStation 1 graphics. It looks unfinished. It looks like absolute shite. Anyway, spot Stanley in the crowd because eh. So, cute Superman style strip run as Peter turns into Spider-Man in the middle of the bloody streets and nobody notices. One quick fake later, a Goblin gets away. Only for Spider-Man to save the free-fallen MJ from the top of a building as Goblin is throwing pumpkin bombs left, right and centre while cackling menacingly on his little glider. He then swings off to what I think is Doctor Strange's house, I think it is, but I have no idea. Harry is pissed! MJ is now into Spidey. Yeah, mate, she's a gold digger slash fame whore, so dump her ass, you fucking moron!
also. Karma's a bitch, isn't it, Harry? You fucking toe nugget. Next morning, Roman looks like shit as he downs scotch at, like, eight in the morning. Hears Goblin's laugh as he is laughing at him. He then loses his ever-loving mind and lets Goblin in full time. As he talks to the reflection in the mirror, Goblin tells him to take Spidey down. Two Goblin attacking the Daily Bugle to get answers to who the fuck Spider-Man actually is. Luckily, Peter is there as he stops Goblin from killing JJ. Minutes later... Sorry, um... Minutes, well, sorry, seconds later... Uh, oh, fuck your hell, John. <clears throat> seconds later... Spider-Man shows up and Goblin just sprays him in the face of gas. As a few minutes later, Goblin wakes up Spider-Man on the roof, tell him the city loves him for now, but it's only a matter of time before they turn on his ass. Join him and we'll rule the city forever. Spider-Man, of course, says no, because he's a good guy. Hmm. Days later, J.J. Smear's campaign works as the people try to hate Spider-Man. Still not to worry, MJ needs saved again. And cue a late night fight and upside down kiss in the rain and boom an icon is born. Didn't that one like the best kiss MDV or some shit like that? Who gives a fuck? Next day, Goblin sets a trap for Spider-Man sitting a building alight. And cue Spidey flipping over a place as Goblin's uh, throws some sort of, uh, I don't know how it is, boomerang sort of thing at him as the building burns around him. Spidey gets away, but he is cut in the forearm during the fight. And it's somehow Thanksgiving dinner. Who the fuck knew? Peter wound bleeds and Norman knows who the fuck he is. He is Spider-Man. So he runs off, not before dropping the bombshell, that MG, MG is cheap and not worthy of Harry. She is a fling, not wifey material. With that, he then just runs off, grinning minusly in the lift. As that night, Norman is in deep talks with the goblin mask helmet singing, as he tells him to tear Spidey down forever. Simple a thing to do is to attack the people Peter loves. So he puts old dear Aunt May in the hospital. As days later, MG visits Aunt May in hospital, she can't stop gushing about Spider-Man. She's in lust. She's a tramp. She's a gold digger. She's a fame whore. Peter, mate, wake up and smell the coffee. I've got to see here. She is a vain, narcissistic bitch. First, she gets bored with Flash. Then she gets bored with Harry. Now she's jumping the gun with Spider-Man. What a complete glory hound she is. Jesus Christ. She wants Spidey's fame. To make herself more popular. To make herself an actress. Wake up, Spider-Man, you fucking moron. So, Harry walks into the hospital room, finding Peter and MJ kissing, and runs off to dear insane old Daddy Pooh to cry about it. With that, Goblin kidnaps MJ, takes her to some sort of bridge, and holds her prisoner. Not before Aunt May pip-talks Peter to go after MJ, because everyone knows they're in lust. Who cares? So, Goblin tells Spider to pick MJ or a group of kids he has stuck in one of the sky gondola lift sort of thingies. He then lets both of them fall at the same time and Spider-Man rescues them both because of course yes, he's a hero. 
Goblin don't stand for that shit. So he takes flight in his little glider thing and attacks Spider-Man. As he's dangling from the bottom of the bridge. MJ being completely utterly fucking useless, refuses to climb down. So Spider-Man takes hit after hit as she just fucking stands in and screams like a fucking useless bitch. Handily, the New Yorkers stop Goblin by chucking garbage in his face as he goes in for the kill. Spider-Man saves the kids and indeed MG. So Spider-Man loses his shit and drags Spider-Man away to empty building where they fight to the death. A quick fight later. Goblin is getting licks left, right and centre into Spider-Man. But Spider-Man's spider sense kicks in as his glider goes in for the kill and Goblin's glider goes through Goblin, killing him. Spider-Man returns uh, the body back to um, the Osborne house and Harry then swears revenge. Days later at the funeral, Harry tells Peter he will hunt down Spider-Man and get revenge for his father. Cue a final voiceover from Peter at Uncle Ben's grave that no matter how good he is, he, well rather his loved ones will pay for his successes and need failures. So, after that, him and Angie hug and kiss. She tells him she loves him, not Spider-Man. The two then kiss again as credits roll. So, that was Spider-Man 2002. Not gonna lie here, I had to cut about 20 minutes of this. Don't get me wrong, this is a good movie. This would be great at 90 minutes, not at 2 hours. The cons, first of all. I don't like Goblin's outfit. It was like a Power Rangers suit. Plus you can see the zip. It's supposed to be solid metal and you can see the zip from behind. I think not. I hate MJ. She is fucking useless. Harry is a spoiled, whiny, crybaby little bitch. And the CGI is piss poor. The pros. Defoe gives it his all as Goblin matching Nicholson's Joker. I mean, he is just criminally insane in this movie and I love it. I like the organic webbing that Spider-Man has. I like the suit, although how does he afford that suit? Hmm. Also, I love how quickly they get to the meat of the matter of this thing. I mean, within was it twenty minutes you have hero and villain or uh, villain origin story, and you have their powers set up, but it's just sort of drags in the middle. I mean, I'm like I said, I would cut it twenty minutes of this thing. Overall, this is a good movie. I would say this is a seven out of ten. Still, come back next week as I look at Spider-Man 2. And then the rest of the month, and indeed through to July, I look at all the Spider-Man movies. August is Poltergeist. September is James Bond. October is... What was that? Cult movies I'm going to do? Yes, it was. And November is Jack Nicholson movies. So, don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. And follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's A Pod. Now go check out one of my hundreds of podcasts and a bye.